and welcome to Margin Call, the podcast and editorial meeting for Quest Dawn Media. I'm your host, Russell Morse. Greetings, everyone. Uh, welcome to another exciting installment of Margin Call. Uh, we're doing the live edition today, so we're on Facebook. We're taking calls. If you're watching us on Facebook, I encourage you to chat a question, use the call in, hit the link, uh, contact us by any means necessary. Uh, come one, come all. And it is open topic, so there's no shortage of things to talk about in the world right now, uh, which is why we wanted to open it up to the people. Uh, because if you tried to design, like, what is the most newsworthy thing right now in the world? It's it's a pretty heavy competition, right? Because there are a lot of people in this country who think that uh, the recent election was bogus and they made themselves their presence known uh, in our nation's capital. Pretty trippy thing to talk, think about in terms of our future and uh, transitions of power. But at the same time, uh, COVID numbers are higher than they've ever been. And we don't seem to really be talking about it. But what is there to talk about? Except that uh, there's a catastrophe that we don't really have a plan to address. Um, I mean, I, I this is why I'm my brain gets a little shorted out, right? Because we say, oh, you know, we'll do a political episode. Or, oh, we should do a COVID episode. Or, oh, I was trying to do a pop culture episode. Oh, can we please just talk about movies? Can we just talk about TV shows and music? Uh, but again, that's journalistically res- irresponsible when we have this many things happening in the world. Also, for those who care, there are uh, tornadoes in, in New York City right now. Um, so I'll keep everybody posted on that. Uh, but you know, I, I'm not like an apocalyptic minded kind of guy, but you know, the clues are there, the signs are there. <laughs> uh, so I, let me just welcome, uh, our first, and now we are joined by our second. So let me, let me start off by introducing our people and then we can get into our open conversation. Um, and I will leave it to our guests to introduce our most pressing topics because there are many, many pressing topics, but first, 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 let me welcome our dear old friend, uh, Paul, Paul Billingsley, friend of the show. He's been on many times before we've known him many, many years. In fact, we spent the whole pre-show reminiscing about remember that time when this and remember when Kamala Harris did this and remember when Kevin did this. Uh, so and fair warning. Mark bottle. How, and, how throwback. Is, it's a video, uh, Paul. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Paul's trying to, Paul's trying to like do something secret. If you're not watching and you're just listening. <laughs> can't. Well, you know, logic would dictate you can do secret things on the radio, but you can't do secret things on Facebook. Everyone will tell you that. So, yeah, I want to welcome Paul. I also want to welcome our other guest who just arrived. We're so excited that she's here. Our dear old friend of the show, Amelia Gonzalez. Welcome, Amelia. Thanks for being here. Thank um, you. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I want to remind late as usual. Don't even worry about it. Time is a human construct. <laughs> time doesn't matter here anymore. Anymore. We've left time way behind. Time is a flat circle. Choose your cliche. Time don't matter. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I want to welcome the two of you. I'm glad that Paul is here because before the show, we were having a conversation about news and breaking news. And of course, Paul knew a lot of things that I didn't know. Uh, Paul, we are having an open discussion today uh, because we wanted people to bring their own thoughts, ideas about what might be pressing. There's a lot that gets lost, right? Like, um, because there was just an election, because there are a lot of people who don't believe in the results of the election. We have a lot of anxiety about the transition of power and the president seems unhinged, even more unhinged than usual. And COVID numbers are really bad, right? There's just a lot of things at the forefront of our mind because they should be at the forefront of our mind. But what are we overlooking when we do that? You know what I mean? What What should we be thinking about? What are we not thinking about? What stories are going on in the world that are also pressing, that are being overlooked? I know that's a big question for you, Paul, but what is on your mind? What brings you here today? What are you thinking about? It could be from your own life uh, or it could be uh, 
something related to the artists that you mentioned in Texas earlier, whose names I've already forgotten. What, what, what do you got, Paul? Um, <laughs> oh, he unmuted himself. Good. I usually just start talking without unmuting myself. <laughs> so you're one step ahead of me. Um, it's, it's, it's all very interesting. I think, uh, the, with Kamala Harris being the vice president, I think it's funny because that's how we say it. We're Kamala versus Joe Kamala. Biden is the president. We're saying. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I mean, it, you know, I, I saw a lot of people wearing t-shirts when they were dancing in the streets that said settle for Biden. The name of our podcast last week was settle for Biden because we had a guest who was kind of like, yeah, okay. I voted for him, whatever. Uh, so I, the thing, the thing to get excited about on this ticket is a woman and a woman of color who is like relatively young and exciting. No one's really getting that fired up about Joe Biden. No, it, it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. Like I, you I, feel bad for Joe. You feel bad that people are just like, oh God. No, no, I don't. <laughs> I think, and I, but I think it was easy for us. I think it was easy for us because we're used to having the white face. We're used to having, oh, he's just like every other fucking president before. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. He's not a young person. He ain't no John F. Kennedy. He ain't even no Bill Clinton on Arsenio Hall playing a saxophone. Nope. Just kind of another, yeah, just kind of another old white guy. Yeah, right. Yeah. Who really hasn't, or, you know, maybe I just don't know. And that is quite possible. You know, I mean, he, I don't think or know of him being involved with like the plight of whoever the fuck we're supposed to be currently. I mean, I think he earned a lot of points in the Obama presidency. Obviously, he was but like again, very. I kind of forgot he was the vice president. <laughs> well, no, that, no, that's a separate me, issue, Paul. As <laughs> a black person, I was very focused on as the first black president. Yeah, I, I understand why I overlooked it, but at the same time, I'm like. But I pay attention to a lot. Did you yeah. really? Did I, I think re- during the Obama presidency, this is something I remember is Joe Biden did seem to be kind of, you know, Obama was a centrist, right? He's like square in the middle kind of guy. Biden seemed to be like nudging him a little bit to the left right. on things yeah, like gay marriage thunder, for sure. Right? He was the side Biden, thunder, right? was but Biden was the Biden was the first one to come out and be like, oh, yeah, I support gay marriage. It sounds crazy now that everybody just didn't support gay marriage at the time. But in 2008, that was a big deal. Biden came out and supported gay marriage long before Obama did. So, you know, maybe he was it, in some way a little bit more of a left conscience, but he never really did much. The only thing, I mean, the one thing that he's very good at is just kind of being like a folksy, you know, working class kind of Irish Catholic, you know, when he's like, ah, it's a bunch of malarkey. You know, he feels very, it's like a George W. Bush thing where it's like, you know, working if white Bernie, guys. Can if really Bernie had money, she had got behind Bernie. She didn't have no bread like that. Remember she said she dropped out the race because she didn't have no bread like that. Who, Kamala? Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's why you leave a race because you're out of money. That's really the only reason you leave a race <laughs> as far as I know. Paul, share with us. I'm always trying to talk about Kamala on this show just because we as people who worked at Pacific News Service and New American Media and grew up in San Francisco have a very, I think, personal, intimate connection to Kamala Harris. Oh, as actually, a presence. More so than you think, actually. Yeah. So you were talking about a program that uh, uh Pacific News Service and New American Media co-sponsored with like young men coming in. That Kamala Harris had something to do with that. Do you yeah, well, it was the um, I think it was the hundred black men and boys um, yeah. thing they were doing about ten years ago with a lot of different organizations. But she had a lot of things going on 
as a prosecutor, DA in San Francisco, yeah. that she created a lot of these programs. And Albert Felipe was the head of one of these said programs. Yeah. Neela worked on that one too, right? Was yes. It, that was the same one Neela was a part of. So for our listeners, this is something that I talk a lot about. Um, I know that when Kamala Harris was running for president, she got a lot of heat because she was a district attorney, right? And now we care about criminal justice reform again. So everybody who is like kind of new to the bandwagon of criminal justice reform, we're like, I don't want a DA to be, you know, president. But, but they're all uh, and my the my apologies, Amelia, if you're no, one no, of those no. people. I'm not calling people out. I'm just no, saying. No, no, no. That's exactly <laughs> on point. That's exactly on point. But they're late to the party because she yeah. is not one of those prosecutors. And yeah. Those of us that are on the ground doing yeah. work to nonprofit organizations, yeah. development programs, community organizations. Yeah. They knew she who she was. They knew the impact she had on the community. Other people didn't necessarily know that. Yeah, people just kind of did a litmus test. They were like, you were a DA, you're off the list because I just read the new Jim Crow last week and now right. I care about criminal justice issues. <laughs> For instance. Um, but yeah, I mean, just to, to fill our listeners in, this was a program uh, that many of the people who are in the Quest on Family participated in, um, which was essentially a youth development and young adult development program to bring in young men, mostly young men of color. I think they're um, uh, to do. I was like filmmaking and media uh, as alternatives, I think, to sentences or to do, you know, and this was something that was headed up by a district attorney's office. DAs obviously are most famous for locking people up. Uh, but Kamala it's, it's was actually kind of just like this organic food thing. You know, people are on this whole move. Oh, let's do organic food. Let's um, in Wisconsin. There's like you can get like organic whole foods and farm food with your fucking Section Eight or uh, EBT. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's you know the Re- University of Pennsylvania has fucking twenty acres of farm that they're fucking feeding their staff and students with. Yeah. These are things that people do, but. Like the mainstream. It's been around for a while. Right. Before yeah. it gets yeah, yeah, to the yeah. mainstream where it's like, okay, now yeah. I know. Ooh. Yeah. You know I mean? Well, we, it reminds me a little bit, you know, we always used to like 20 years ago when hips, hipsters still existed. Everybody made fun of hipsters because they were like, oh, I was into that band before anybody heard of that band before. But now yeah, it's like. You used to call them yuppies, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yuppies, yuppies, yuppies turned into hipsters. But, you know, now we're, now that we're older, we're kind of like the. Um, I would say progressive equivalent, but politically progressive equivalent of history because they were like, we were into criminal justice reform in the 90s before anybody even heard of it. You know, so, I mean, I guess in some ways that's relevant, but in other ways, you know, are we just making no, 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 it's very, it's very relevant. It's still relevant. Right. White has been very essential in the plight of other people. Ah, yes. <laughs> well said. Um, Amelia, I'm so glad that you were able to join us. Uh, it's always a pleasure to see you. You always bring uh, some compelling topics, stuff that we're not looking at. Uh, I don't know if you heard, but at the top of the show, I was just saying we're also jammed up with news because there's so much catastrophic stuff happening in the world that it seems like there must be a lot of things that we're overlooking. I'm curious, Amelia, what uh, you're keeping your eye on micro, macro, you know, what's going on in Harlem where you live or what's going on in America or overseas. Um, What are you paying attention to these days, Amelia? Well, I took a social media client. I'm just kidding. Um, so <laughs> a lot of you have been asking me about my skincare routine. <laughs> yes. I downloaded Instagram on my phone last week. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel really great. Um, no, I, I definitely, I work in social media. Um, but uh, I mean, so my, my biggest concern or 
you know, I, I think we had this conversation the last time with, um, I forget his name, but, um, he made a great point that like, and I, my mom was really telling me this too, because, you know, my mom is like, she's all precious. Oh, cute, cute baby alert. Um, cute baby alert. <laughs> cute baby. The cutest. Um, you know, my mom's like very, she's, I mean, she's like super, super smart. And like, you know, I, I was talking to her the week of the um, election and I was like, just all the news out outlets it's just like terrifying and she yeah. was like oh yeah it's just yellow journalism Ooh. you know they just need a yeah she called them all yellow journalism yeah you know, she's like don't she's like they're just you know they want to grab you they need your attention they gotta yeah. get you to click on whatever they're saying you know she and so my mom mostly listens to like anarchist uh, radio nice so, that's a good so, antidote yeah so um but I mean, you know, she's, I mean, I think she's like, she works at a San Francisco general as a lactation consultant and, um, has nice. been as a nurse for the past, you know, 30 plus years, but, and she's amazing. Like super, super amazing. I mean, my grandpa like lives in a shack. No, no, no. The By the hills. way, we know your mom's uh, like amazing because we know your sister and both y'all are smart. So. Oh yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly that's right. Exactly. We do know your sister. Yeah, yeah, I was Paloma. Okay, so that's yeah. two for two. You're good. Yeah. You're good. I, I, I was yeah, going to yeah. make a point of making sure that you guys knew each other, but all these San Francisco yes. roots intertwine. So yes, all intertwine. Obviously, yeah. Paul and I yeah. both know your sister, so we know exactly. that you're, you know, exactly. you're all good, and we know your mom must be all good. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, and she like raised four of us. You know, I have two other ones too, so she raised four of us all by herself. So she's like. <gasps> Oh, here comes another one. Another um, but, um, <laughs> but no, I mean, what I'm really looking at is uh, the cabinet selections. Yes. I feel like me. we're not talking about that enough. We are like, not. I'm a little nervous about the transition teams. Like, In what way? Like you're wondering like who's in charge of these selections or are they moving on it quickly enough or what, what makes you nervous about it? Uh, what decisions they're going to make. I really yeah. think they need to make some bold choices. Um, you know, especially because, you know, Arizona and Georgia went blue because of grassroots organizers, you know, yeah. it did not go blue because of them at all. And, you know, like I just really, I mean, even PA too, you know, to get a lot yeah. of people out in PA. Yeah. So I just feel like they need to, they, they need to like acknowledge that. Yeah. By appointing some people who represent why, I mean, they, like, I, I can't imagine, you know, how much effort it took on their part to convince people to vote. Yeah. Because, you know, when, when Joe Biden in his like acceptance speech was like, you know, thank you for choosing me. I was like, well, like, <laughs> well, I think that's a, that's a stretch. Give himself a little bit of <laughs> yeah. too much credit. Yeah. yeah. There are a lot of other factors at play here. Yeah. Sure. I was like, there was an apocalyptic, <laughs> yes. like, I was like, I don't know how much of a choice it was, but sure. Yeah. yeah. We chose you. I guess. Um, in a sense. In we a did sense. Not yeah, you. we didn't. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we did. <laughs> serve. Yeah. Elimination. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I did, you know, by default. Yeah. Um, but I just I, I think that's what I'm really paying attention to is like, are you going to recognize these people on the ground who really secured your you being there? You know, well, what it, would that recognition look like in terms of cabinet selection? Well, I think um, I loved what the Sunrise Movement did. They did like their dream cabinet people. 
<laughs> that was like, I was yeah. Like, tell Whoa. me. Well, first, tell me about the sunrise movement, and then tell me about the dream cabinet people, because I everybody have he a dream. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'll look them up right now, just because yeah. I can't. I can't read. Yeah. I, mean, I want to say you mentioned sunrise. Head. You've mentioned sunrise movement on this show before. So many times. Other yeah. conversations. They seem like maybe yeah. more, like moral compass these days. Is that fair to say? <laughs> or at least yeah. a good reference. Yeah, they're pretty good. I, could, I, I don't know about. I don't know if they're. Well, I think they have good morals based on these, but um, but they started off actually. It's interesting because a couple of years ago, I had gone to an event where they, it was it was before the Green New Deal kind of was a. I think it was in the process, but you know, it really started from actually college campuses and um, students, you know, being really serious about you know obviously climate change um and then is it youth-led and like youth-led yeah totally youth-led i mean led by young people like 13 14 15 i mean these are yeah it's it's pretty um it's pretty remarkable but their dream cabinet team is um uh warren secretary of treasury which i think they should do yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think they should do Elizabeth Warren. Warren's as a secretary great. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of sad that we haven't talked about Warren in a long time because, really, as the as the Democratic nomination process was winding down, I was really like, oh, more. You know what I mean? Like, I was really kind of pinning my hopes on her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Definitely. Yeah. No, I mean, she. I mean, you know, talk about she can really, I think, hold Wall Street to the fire. She's got ideas, man. I think that's yeah. what's so exciting about her. She has a plan. She like has a every, plan. Everybody was kind of, yeah, exactly. But that's good. Like everybody yeah. made fun of her for having a plan for everything. But I was like, guys, that's why no, we have a really federal does. government. That's why we have a president. And the plans yeah. were all like pretty legit. You know yeah, what I mean? Totally. She really thought it through. Yeah. Yeah. And then their um, secretary of the interior. Um, this is a house representative, I think. Um, yeah. Deb Holland would be the first indigenous native American to lead the department of the interior. Wow. Um, and then, uh, the secretary of state representative, Barbara Lee, who I've heard, you know, know there's been a lot of push for her to replace Kamala in her Senate seat. Oh, right. Yeah, that does Gavin has that, right? Doesn't he have that? He, ability? yeah, it's, yeah, Gavin is the one who can appoint it. But who knows? If you remember how complicated this gets, because, you know, I don't know if anybody remembers the name Rod Blagojevich, but he was the governor of Illinois when Obama got elected and then he yeah. sold that Senate seat and then got caught on tape selling the Senate seat. There's a lot of crooked dealings. Rod Blagojevich was a Democrat, uh, but like just a pretty crooked guy who- But it's politics, but Yeah, it's politics, right? So we weren't surprised by that. Maybe those are the kind of things we should be nervous about is we're like, oh yeah, Democratic Party. Yeah, everybody's dancing in the streets. But like, I don't know, man. It's still a dirty game, guys. (laughs) Super, 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 super. And then for um, Secretary of Labor, they put Bernie Sanders- and yeah. um yeah who else there? oh and then rashida talib for housing and urban development Man. uh mustafa yeah, is... ali for environmental protection agency nice and keith ellison for attorney general wow this is a really ambitious who... uh, wish list i'm into oh it. Yeah, yeah 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 super ambitious i mean but the thing is is that you know i don't think they think that everyone's going to be i mean maybe they do maybe they do and that's amazing and that's some determination and conviction like go for it yeah why not have a dream you know and and goals and stuff because yeah. yeah our reality you're is high. what we you're shooting high you're shooting high right. you yeah, gotta yeah. Aim it's high. definitely high it's yeah. definitely yeah. very high it's the, the highest stars, you it's, hit the moon it's a dream kind of it's a dream yeah. but i but i was really inspired like when i saw it i was like oh yeah why can't we like strive to make this a reality but anyways i think that they need to respond 
they need to meet them at least yeah. halfway. If they yeah. don't, it's really going to hurt them. Well, particularly if this, you know, if that movement kind of captures the sensibility of young voters anyway, which we know are much further left than older voters. And these are the people and who are, are coming gonna, out more. Yes. And, and they're showing up, they're voting. And even if you're someone who's involved in this movement, who's 15, 16, 17, they're the ones who are going to be voting for your, you know, reelection, whenever that looks like in four years, you know, if the Democrats are smart, which, you know, I don't have a lot of evidence that they are right now, but if they're thinking long-term, you know, you have to have some concessions like this. And I think a lot of, in my opinion, a lot of the mistakes that the Democrats have made are just like safety mistakes. We're like, oh, well, you know, we'd love it if if Bernie can run for president, but like people aren't going to go for that. You know, Uh, we'd love, you know, we need Joe Biden because they're just like still a lot of white men who are just like, it needs to, you know, they're making compromises to cater to voters, but you don't have to worry about that with cabinet positions. They need that face. A lot of people are visual learners. That's fine. But when, at this point, you don't have to worry about catering to people because you're not doing that, those kind of politics anymore for cabinet positions. It's just like, that's an appointment. You know what I mean? And like, I'm this, it's not about marketability. It's not about like necessarily demographics right now. It's about who's the best person for this job and how can we make like actual progressive picks? You know? Yeah. yeah. So where, I mean, you're saying you're concerned about the selection process. Watching. Yeah. I'm concerned that they're not going to, I'm, I'm concerned they're, they're going to make choices that are middle of the road, which yeah. at this point, you do not, you cannot, it's not the time, it's not the yeah. time for middle of the road. And, yeah. and, you know, what's interesting is like during the election, you know, like Democrats and some kind of, I guess, not Repub- Trump, not Trump Republican, you know, were like blaming the progressives for some seats that were lost by yeah. House Democrats, which was yeah. ridiculous Yeah, because Actually, like the I mean, the proof is that the people who supported Medicare for all, you know, were all reelected yeah. and um, and more were elected. And so I think that narrative is just like so um, it's I mean, it is yeah. maintaining, you know, the wealth and like, you know, class. It's really, yeah. I think, more about that than anything else. But it may, it still maintains those status. But I, I think for Democrats, it's like. I this was a hail Mary. I mean, this, this was a, this was like a, this, this was everyone got out and vote for the sake of their lives. It, it wasn't yeah. like, Oh, we believe in a new like frontier. There was no yeah. new goal. It was just stop it this. Wasn't like the Obama. It, was, it wasn't like Obama. Right. This no, was, it was no was new like, vision. Flailing around in the dark. Just I for sanity. blindly. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, it was not like I was like, I know this is going to be a thing. And I, you know, I got my dad to register to vote right away, which was really exciting because, you know, he was released and stuff so he could vote. And yeah. um, and then were know, there any obstacles? Voted. I'm actually curious about that because I did want to talk about mm-hmm. like criminal justice stuff. Did what What are the laws in the state of California for people who they don't have none, blood people? That's a misconception. But I'm, that's why I'm asking, because I wanted to spell these for misconceptions. Him. Okay. It wasn't for him, but he was also exonerated. Yeah, those are like violent crime, violent crimes and shit. Like you wouldn't yeah. have went to Walton House if he was one of those people. 
That's yeah, his was a violent crime, but he was he was innocent. So but they, he was exonerated. So he was exonerated this year. Yeah. But did, yeah. even when yeah. someone gets exonerated, even yes. when somebody you know like like Paul and I used to have to deal with, oh, you got to get your record sealed or expunged. We, blah, were, blah, we blah. were exonerated though. There's still there. No, it's very different. We were not exonerated. We were. <laughs> if you dig, we if anybody digs around enough into our past, all that paperwork is still there. We we did what what they said we did. Maybe allegedly. Allegedly. No. But you still have to jump through a lot of hoops, right? Like, it's not just like, oh, you're exonerated and now you have all the rights that you would have had otherwise. Did, did your dad That's have true. to deal with that? He definitely, he I mean, he had to like, right. yeah. yeah. I mean, he had to like drive. Well, it all happened in Nevada. So, but now he lives in, he, you know, oh, from okay. California, lives in California. Right. The crime happened in Nevada. So that's where he, yeah. that's and where it, he it was down. federal, right? Wasn't it? Federal? Yeah, it was federal. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. jails are cold in Nevada, just for the record. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, that was mm-hmm. all of them. Yeah, Reno, Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> he was he was out in Ely and then High Desert. He was in maximum security because oh, wow. it was a federal. I mean, he I mean he was literally facing the death penalty in the United yeah, States. Yeah, I remember. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was crazy, but he beat the U.S. So he he's like he's very happy about that. He's, he's like I beat the government. I was That's like, a big technically victory. You did. Yeah. yeah, you got you got to frame all that paperwork. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah, I, fought, yeah. I fought the law and I won. Like I fought the federal yeah. government. And I won. It's like. It literally says like Ernesto Gonzalez or the United States versus Ernesto versus Gonzalez. Ernesto but Gonzalez. the judge was really amazing. I'll give her that. She was appointed okay. by uh, Obama and right. uh, she was super, super fair. And she really didn't allow nice. the government to do a lot of sketchy stuff. But anyway, for him to get like his passport, like all that stuff. Yeah, that was. That well, was what, I'm curious about his like political lens, right? For someone who was incarcerated for a really long time, just got exonerated. You know, uh, I wouldn't make any assumptions about someone's political views. What, you know, I'm, I'm curious, what did he make of this election? Did he come out and think, oh, I'm, I'm undecided. I want to see what these two guys are about. Or was he even maybe he, he felt like that that level of government was irrelevant. What, what were your dad's thoughts? Did you have to push him to vote or was that the first thing he wanted to do after getting out of prison after all these years? No, I definitely had to convince. I was like, oh no, you're voting. What did he say originally? He's like, ah, who cares? He, yeah, he was like, <laughs> uh, yeah, like I'm not registered. I was like, oh, okay, well, California has same day registration. So we're going to do it right now on the computer and you're nice. going to go vote tomorrow. And he, he was like, yeah, I have like a job that day. I was like, cool. It's from this time to this time. Mm-hmm. You can go. There's still plenty of time for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he was down, but I just think when, I, I think when he thought of the process, I think there was like a hesitation, but it was so easy to do online. Like, yeah. so it was fine. But um, no, he wasn't, I, he definitely was like, you know, no Trump. Like he's not a fan at all of Trump. All right. Well, like I said, I don't like, you know, we always assume people's politics and then you want to, you know, you want to hear somebody out. Everybody's got their own issues. Paul, what, yeah. what, do, you, what do you got? No, I just want to put this out there. Like all these rappers, they fuck with Trump. Last rapper not to fuck with Trump is Tupac. Oh, see, what does that tell you? There's a, <laughs> there's a dangerous lesson there. Paul, I'm glad you mentioned that, actually, because we True. have not. It was weird when they all, like, were starting we, to come yeah. out. I was we like, have not spoken happening? about Martha this Stewart, on the I'm like, why do y'all like this dish? Yeah. Well, Martha Stewart was fine. I like Martha. I mean, you know, Martha Stewart's a separate issue. Let's leave Martha Stewart over here. Because taxes, right? right? Taxes, yeah. Is taxes. It, so they're just like rich people who don't want to pay their taxes. So they're like. Obviously. So Wait, Paul Martha talk- Stewart supported Trump? No, no, no. He, you're saying oh, like, why did all the Snoop Dogg? She was supported by Snoop Dogg, who also supported Trump. So I feel like we're gonna hear. Something. He supported Snoop Trump. It. What is? Oh, tell yeah, me. Tell me. Friend. That was his best friend. Like no, 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 no. Ten no. years ago. But, no, you're talking about Martha Stewart, not Donald yeah. Trump, right? I'm talking about Donald Trump, lip. 
10 years yeah, ago Snoop, 10 years ago Snoop and Trump we okay. need our fact checkers we need, we need fact our fact checkers, checkers I don't on think that's this. right <laughs> here Paul <laughs> let me Google let me put the question to you this way Paul here's what I know about rappers supporting Trump I know that 50 cent had his own little controversy right which nobody was really that surprised by because he's kind of an apolitical guy all he ever cared about was money so I was kind of like who cares and then he took it back right then I remember there was some Lil Wayne situation where, you know, Weezy went and met with the president and he liked the platinum plan, which I guess is the president's plan to develop black communities. I, I don't know very much about it. Who knows? But Weezy said, you know, I support if you say platinum, you'll get some black people. That's well, I think that was the thinking. Well said, Paul. Uh, and then the last one, which really made me think like this was not a real thing, was Lil Pump because, you know, I, I like a lot of the new young rappers. I think they're very good. But Lil Pump is like actually, I think, trash. I think it's fair to say Lil Pump is like actually trash. Um, so when he came out and then the president introduced him as Lil Pimp. Did you see that? He didn't know his real name. So he said, oh, give it up for Lil Pimp. Uh, and. I, then I thought, well, now this is just a gag, you know, basically. But are you saying there were other rappers that I haven't listed that supported uh, that supported the president? And if so, tell me who and why. All of them fools. That's not accurate. That's not true. <laughs> that is, that Snoop Dogg is, said five months ago, I can't stand to see this punk in while, office. Rappers for a while, bud. We're talking about I'm at Trump Towers. All you mean in their music or no, you mean in their music in reading his books like well there is like a, I think a tendency you know, in rap music and where we are now hold on hold on and watch this uh oh where he's getting a, a like, triple fact check the only thing I'm going to say is that there is something oh, oh, oh well uh, our, black household homie Paul has I now on my shelf. Paul has now taken out the Trump Think Like a Billionaire book from his uh, home. I literally uh, did library. not know that that was a book. Why do you have yeah. that? Is what it's I want to know. My house. Oh, so okay. where are you? Where are you? At your mother's house? <laughs> yes. Okay. And your book. mom. Well, there was a time before Donald Trump was president, and and you know that people thought, well, he's a quote unquote successful businessman, so I want to be successful in life. So I, I don't feel know. that shit. I feel that shit. They said the same thing about um blood Jeffrey Epstein. Ah, uh, yes, I'm familiar with that guy. Uh, what, people said the same? I mean, we worship wealth, right? That's just, that's our culture. We worship wealth. And whoever is the most prominent person who is, you know, identified with wealth and opulence, we're going to take their advice. I mean, I went to go see uh, Master P give a motivational speech about, you know, diversifying your portfolio and investing in real estate, right? So, no, no, and, no, and no, 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 but I no. did. I did that's see that. Good, no, that was a good meeting. Master P's net worth is still up there. All his children <laughs> also own 10 plus properties with 10 plus acres. He's a very smart businessman, but that's that's the example that I'm giving, right? Like there's a lot of overlap, I think, between what we call rappers, right? Which excludes a lot of other people who I actually are rappers. Is coming from that. Right, 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 yeah. right. And just like people who are just like, I like wealth. I like wealth. I like being rich. I don't care about politics. I just want to make money. That's it, period, right? That's kind of what the Republican Party is built on. They're like, you know, I, if you ask any like rich Republican, they'd be like, I don't give a shit about gay marriage. I don't give a shit about social issues. I just want to be rich. Wait, 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 my wait, taxes. Wait. The Democratic 
party is also based on same principles. Huh? That's true. That's true. But they have to lie about it. I feel like Republicans can be a lot more honest about like, hey, listen, I just I got a lot of money and I don't want to pay my taxes. Democrats have to say, oh, very no. true. Very true. Although yeah. that wasn't true in um, James Baldwin's day. So I've been watching a lot of that shit on YouTube. It really fucks your brain up. Well, I remember you told me since you've been doing, you know, your, your son's been doing school from home. You've kind of become the teacher. So you're showing him a lot of James Baldwin videos. That's some pretty heavy content. How how is your son responding to YouTube videos with James Baldwin? <laughs> oh, but he loves it. Yeah. And, but it's really funny, though, too, because he like compares it to what they're telling him at school. Yeah. Well, good. Right now they're talking about Black Lives Matter at French American. Good. Isn't that a good thing, Paul? That a fancy kind of private school that's, you know, bilingual. If the regular people are behind, how far behind do you think they are? Very far behind, but at least they're talking about it. Am, white, am, far they're white. They're white far behind. <laughs> white. <laughs> white far behind. I mean, am I being naive to say, like, fine, you're behind, but at least you're getting up to speed now? I mean, I'd rather have them at French American School talking about Black Lives Matter than not. You know what I mean? Like... Again, I, I can I can be optimistic to the point of being naive. I say that all the time. So that's fair. Luckily, he has you to show him James Baldwin videos so he can supplement his education. That shit ain't gonna help. Yeah. Well, I, I beg to differ. I think sitting any young person down in front of YouTube with a James Baldwin video is going to help them out no matter what they got going on. <laughs> no. My dad, like, quoted James Baldwin and acted like it was him. It didn't work. That's fine. You know, however you get the information, it doesn't matter. You know, that's like, you know, Michael Scott on The Office. He like quoted Wayne Gretzky and then quoted himself as quoting Wayne Gretzky. Come on, that was everybody's favorite fucking character. <laughs> yeah, it's still it's still a good quote. You miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. I don't care if Michael Scott said it. I don't care if your dad, you know, took James Baldwin's words and used them as his own. Um, Amelia, I want to ask you, since we're talking about cabinet positions and now we've, you know, we're speaking a little bit about Black Lives Matter and a little bit about criminal justice. Um, and you're thinking ahead. I think a lot of people are like, oh, my God, there's going to be a coup. So our whole country is going to fall apart and Joe Biden's not going to be president. But you're a smart person. You're not believing the yellow journalism. You're thinking, let's plan for the future. Who's going to be in this cabinet? So let me ask you. What is the role of the federal government in potentially rethinking um, the criminal justice system, rethinking uh, the role of the police in our lives? Is that something that should and could and can happen at the federal level? Are there specific things you're looking for? Is that more of a local issue that requires grassroots um, organizing? You know, are, are there specific federal issues that relate to criminal justice that you're interested in as you're thinking about this cabinet, Amelia? Wow. What a I've, fully, I've fully put you on the spot. Right. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for me. So Listen, what man, is the role I'm, of the United States right. government? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the federal, that's the whole point of our country is like everybody to all of the federal government, but like they don't really have that much power. They kind of do, but only in very small ways because yeah. law enforcement, of course, it's a municipal issue. It's county by county. Right. It's state right. by state. Right. So what, I mean, what could potentially a president do? What could a cabinet member do? It, it, even in terms of framing the conversation, like when, when Biden gave his acceptance speech. He said that the most important things were 
COVID, right? We need a task force for COVID. The economy, we got to try and save the economy because we are we don't even know how bad it is because we're distracted by so many other things. And the third thing he said was racial justice, right? Which I think is very important that he said that. He'd already been elected. He didn't have to lie to, you know, Black people anymore. He was saying, like, I'm following through on this promise. So what 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 could that look like for somebody like Joe Biden, aside from just, like, not being openly bigoted and racist? You know, I guess the, the bar... Yeah. Trump's bar is so low that like basically it's so low. I mean, I like was I I couldn't even believe like it's so weird having Trump for the past four years and then watching Joe Biden talk. I was like, oh, right. This is what is supposed to be what it is. Yeah. Um, I I mean, I think, you know, in terms of like criminal justice, I, I think it needs to. I mean, it's just, we have such a weird system, you know, like even for example, some governors are already trying to come out and say like, if Joe Biden, you know, makes everyone wear masks, like we're not going to do it. And such a, we have such like a weird system. And so I I think like, I think it really has to start on the grassroots level. I I think just because, you know, yeah, like, especially like with DAs, like that's where we really need to start. Mm-hmm. And um, and every place is so different, and how it functions is different, and who's there is different. I just I think it has to be on that level, and I don't know if on a federal sweep, I don't know how effective that would be. To be honest, yeah. I, I mean I I don't think it could really. Yeah, you know, people are going to push back. Yeah, you know they're just going to push back. So I, I think it has to. I has. I mean, I've always thought like legislative is more important. Like the state legislature, no yeah. one's looking at that. Like no one's looking at who's being elected there. They miss like when that. I, they miss. They that. do. Yeah. And and like when I, I I remember in college I went to like the Ohio State House or whatever, and I was like, why is a football coach a state senator right now? <laughs> like I was like, what is happening? Well, it is I mean, Ohio. Actually, F- football's a big deal in Ohio. <laughs> oh yeah, but in Alabama, the guy who just got elected as the senator is was a football coach. Yeah. Well, they've got leadership qualities. <laughs> they, they can they like, rally a team. Like win. Exactly. They can bring people together for the big <laughs> yeah, win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, but I just I think that's that's what really it's gonna that really impacts people. Like those laws and those like discussions and who's in those roles, that's what impacts people on the ground level. I I just, I don't think we focus enough on that. So I think it needs to start there. I agree. I mean, that's kind of what I think about federal elections every four years anyway, where suddenly everybody's interested in politics, but only in a way that you can understand it as a binary where it's like, Ooh, I want this person to win. I want that person to win. And they forget that. The first round, but back in the day, but. What do you mean? The first year that you were eligible to vote, you didn't vote? Like like the first round of it, like the city shit? I didn't Oh, vote. yeah. 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 Well, I think most people... No, I didn't know. I and didn't most know. people don't really yeah. know about it. Yeah. Yeah. Even, and that's exactly what it was. And you don't have that many choices, to yeah. be honest. Like, right. right. Like, yeah. here in New York, like, I, I was surprised when I... So I was looking at it, and I was looking at who was reelected, like, all these, like, House representatives. 
so many was like you know no contender uncontested yeah they were like, uncontested uh, or yeah yeah i saw the same and thing i was for like judges. are you fucking kidding me yeah like, i saw uh, my ballot had you know I'm, I'm sure you voted in new york city as well so you probably saw this you know you you gotta vote you gotta vote for your judges so they said pick any four i was like okay right. all right well let me find out who these judges are and they said pick any four and then the list was four right people. <laughs> so I was it like, was four. well, what are you really telling me to do here? Just fill in four circles? Like, you want right. me to write in myself? You know, I mean, that yeah. really is the illusion of choice. I mean, I, yeah. you can, you can, you can write in yourself. I mean, I went to go see a client of mine the, uh, the day after the election, and he's a very interesting guy. He's dealing with a lot. He's got like mental health stuff, and, you know, his life's a little chaotic. But I was making conversation with him. I was like, oh, did you vote? He's like, oh, yeah, of course, of course, of course. I was like, oh, well, who'd you vote for? He's like, oh, I, I wrote in myself for president. <laughs> uh, but he, he also believes that he's the, like, rightful heir, like the king of Saudi Arabia and stuff. He, he's got a lot going on. But, oh, you know, okay. we, we forget, you know, America is a very diverse place, man. We assume that we're all people who are using all of our faculties all the time. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you get in there and uh, you, you don't know what you're going to get. Although, again, I've mentioned this many times. People who voted in California did have Kanye West as a choice. Uh, I know Eming sent me a photograph of her ballot with Kanye's name on there. Um and I, as I said on the show, last week, Kanye who Eming? Uh, Eming, yeah. did you vote for Kanye West? Seriously, well, my mother, would, my mother would disown me. <laughs> I fucking voted for Kanye. And I'm black, like Kanye yeah. West. Nah, yeah, yeah. nah. <laughs> no. It was more just a shock. I was like, who? I'm like, oh, it's Kanye. Like, it took me a minute to process who I was looking. Well, because his middle name. You never hear right. his middle name. Yeah, and I was like, wait, what? Oh, I'm like, who is this? Some right. kind of libertarian I've never heard of before. Maybe. Like, oh no, that's Kanye West. Yeah. That's I'm like, if Ming voted for Kanye West, I need to fucking run. <laughs> <laughs> I vote for Paul. I vote for Paul. Yeah, I vote for Paul. Good. I like this ticket. I like the Amelia Paul ticket. Actually, oh, that would be interesting. <laughs> yes, that would be a treat. You know, start president. Though, fuck all that. Yeah, start start local. You know, <laughs> I be vice president. <laughs> yeah, yes. Sounds good. We've said. Oh, many and times this kid, he Amelia's could be our be uh, secretary of state. Secretary yeah. of Cuteness. Old enough. Sure. Yeah. Whatever role you want. Yeah. yeah. But I, yeah, I think that's Boss a valid point. I, mean, I think I, it has to be state level. There's just there was, too many things and too many. There was many... a big measure. You know, a lot of municipalities did have ballots um, to change how they funded law enforcement locally. Right. I know that that happened in Los Angeles. Uh, my sister-in-law called me and she's like, hey, I know you know about criminal justice stuff. Like there's this ballot measure to, you know, increase funding. You know, to it wasn't really to divert funding from the police necessarily. It's kind of a compromise measure, but it was to help with housing and substance abuse treatment and mental health treatment. And like, you know, I don't know much about who wrote that and, you know, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. But the way that she described it to me, I was like, well, that sounds pretty good. That's the kind of stuff that I'm always kind of personally advocating for. Like, yeah, why don't we use these funds to help people, get people resources, get people stable housing, get people, you know, get people mental health treatment and substance abuse treatment and all that, you know, youth like communism, but well, I think that's what most people would say. Well, not most. That's what many people. It works, it works in theory. We're we're becoming mm. a socialist country. Well, it's not like communism in that sense because I believe, like I really do believe, this is my position that if you were able to provide 
consistent mental health care, substance abuse treatment, youth development, consistent youth development programming and housing for people. I think that would have an effect on how many people end up having police contact and getting locked up. Am I one crooked person in any of those scenarios would make that shit fall. Yeah, but see, crooked is different. Crooked is like a value judgment, right? Like, is a person predisposed to crime or are people... No, I mean, I mean, literally, if you're embezzling money from the organization, you're... Oh, right, right, right. Oh, yeah, totally. Well, that's what I told my sister-in-law. What I told my sister-in-law was like, yo, these ideas are great, right? But what's going to end up happening is this money gets freed up and then whoever's job it is in City Hall to give the money out gives it to some crooked nonprofit or with some organization that's siphoning their own money. But I mean, my mm-hmm. God, you know, you vote for the direction you things you want things to go like you know what I mean the risk of um corruption shouldn't be the reason that you don't you know give a vote for you know a more positive future you know what I mean like that would be like saying oh they're all corrupt anyway I'm just gonna vote for Kanye you know what I mean like you gotta you gotta start somewhere I guess but I hear what you're saying Paul I, I didn't think oh this is the answer to all of our problems I just thought this is a good way this is a good indication maybe of how local governments, certain local governments are rethinking law enforcement because I've never seen anything like that on a ballot, my, you know, in my whole life. I've never seen a city that I lived in uh, try and think seriously about how to prevent people from coming into contact with, with law enforcement. I don't think. I mean, when I was a kid, the first, you know, we, with uh, Prop 21, right? Like what was when we were first old enough to vote? The big issue was, you know, changing juvenile justice in California so that it was easier to lock up kids and put them in adult jails. And um, I mean, a lot of really dark stuff that passed, but politicized us. This feels a little different. But again, I can be a little naive. What were you going to say, Amelia? I mean, you know, Florida voted for minimum wage to be $15. Yeah. Well, Nebraska. Uh, voted to, um, I think, remove predatory, predatory lending. I mean, I think, I think that like, that's Nebraska. I mean, I think people want these things, you know? And so when they have the choice to vote on them, they vote in their best interest. Yeah. I mean, people are against socialism until you kind of like explain something to them that will benefit them that like you realize like maybe is kind of socialist, but maybe it's not like guilt by association. You know what I mean? Like uh, my favorite recent example was when the president got COVID and they took him to Walter Reed and he got all this great health care. And then Bernie Sanders said, oh, you know, I'm glad the president's feeling better. I just want to remind him that, you know, Walter Reed is a federally funded health care yeah. system. You know, like, so congratulations. Yeah. You were saved by socialist doctors, basically, which is a funny like way to point things out. Like a lot of these programs that people, and the classic thing is, you know, people used to go to Trump rallies and be like, Oh, why don't you like, uh, you know, Democrats? Oh, they're all socialists. You'd be like, Oh, you know, do you benefit from farm subsidies? Yes. Okay. That's a socialist program. You know what I mean? Like once you start to point those things out and I think the, um, the minimum wage program is, is a good example, right? Like raising the minimum wage people, you don't, maybe if you're not thinking clearly about politics, you might not realize that that's actually what socialism looks like. Cause it's just a dirty word. I think we just need to make up another word for it. That word is, that word has been, is too steeped in, uh, whatever, like voter bias and polarization now. How about this? I would rather my taxes go to education and healthcare instead of war. Yeah. And, uh, people stealing my money. Yeah, that's fair. Well, those are good examples. When I'm talking about the power of the federal government, it's there's not very much, right? The federal government tells a state to do something. They can kind of ignore it, right? But yeah. funding for public schools, that does come from the federal government. That's a big deal. 
We're yeah. talking about changing our school system, you know, and, and federal funding goes to a lot. Federal funding goes to uh, local law enforcement. They get a lot of money, especially with the Patriot Act and how all that stuff has changed. You potentially you could have a president who would want criminal justice reform, who could say, unless you implement these changes in your local law enforcement, we're going practices, to withhold funding. That's that's the kind of leverage the federal government has. Not that it's that simple, but. Right. You know, you know, what are you going to say? If unless you tell everyone to wear a COVID mask, we're not going to um, give you Medicaid funding. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that would be pretty messed up. Yeah. <laughs> you can't yeah, really do that. Up, it's yeah. a doomsday scenario. But those are the kind of things we're looking at. Uh, and I am glad that you're looking ahead, Amelia, because all the rest of us are just like, well, I guess, you know, who knows what, you know, it's like, are we going to make it to 2021? I guess is what most people's question is. <laughs> like, are, is there going to be an inauguration? Uh I, you know, yeah. I'm glad. your point about ignoring, uh, I think a lot of the I think you 24 need hour to. news is, is important. You need I, to. And I, we have to remember, like, they, I mean, I think, you know, yeah, I just really liked when my mom, my mom said that because I think it's just so true, you know, and like, yeah, people are just like, there's going to be a coup, and, you know, and it's like, um, it's it's fear mongering, right? Yeah, totally fear mongering to on both ends. That. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on both I mean, ends, fear is a powerful motivator, right? It if is. You want, if you want people to watch TV twenty four hours a day, you know what I mean. You'd like, be saying breaking news every yeah, five all minutes. The time. But there's no such thing as breaking news every five no. minutes. I mean, there is, but that's not the kind of stuff that's going to get viewership. You know, you got to have like a squirrel. It's like when people say mic drop. You should never say that. Yeah, don't say. Yeah, don't say that. <laughs> you can't have a mic drop every thirty seconds. Otherwise, it defeats the purpose of a mic drop. Then right. you got to pick hey, it back up. Drop. That's not a yeah. mic. Drop. No, it's not. Yeah, you have to actually drop it. <laughs> yes, um, but no, I agree, and I think that I had an important lesson with that early on in the Trump administration. Um, you know, when he did his, you know, what we what we called the Muslim ban. You know, he was restricting people from. Uh, Muslim countries, I thought, oh my God, I need to pay attention to every step of this because this like bothers me and I care about it. And I was just like glued to the television and everything the president said changed my tempo and how I felt internally. And I was like, I can't really be setting my own internal well-being to like 24-hour news and, um, you know, a mercurial kind of unhinged president. So I just, I won't say I detached, but I just was more selective about when I checked in. You know what I mean? Um, so what do I'm, here's what I'm curious about Amelia for your bomb. What, what do anarchist, uh, shows talk about? <laughs> like, cause I am interested in, you know, everybody's like these old school systems of government are now like really uh, popular for us to talk about. We're like fascists and anti-fascists and, you know, socialists and communists. We're using all this language that feels very kind of like cold war or even world war two. So where do what we call anarchists fit in here? If your mom is like a very smart, politically astute person, and that's where she's getting her news. What is the modern anarchists? Uh, the left. Is wow. that just the left? <laughs> I mean, I'm not asking you to speak on behalf of all you know, <laughs> anarchist identified people, but you know, why, why do you think that's where your mom's getting her news and what kind of, what kind of news is it? I think because, um, I mean, there is a particular podcast she listens to, and I guess the guy is kind of more of an anarchist. I'm not sure of his name, but I think my mom, you know, I mean, actually, my mom is actually very broad minded in, in many ways, like, but, you know, she finds like NPR to be very kind of liberal 
in in that as sense. Opposed, and, as opposed to left, you mean? <laughs> or you mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like more moderate. It, it makes sense because your mother yeah. is not only somebody who held it down, quote, yeah. quote, yeah. but he was innocent. No quote. Well, no quote. well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. When you, he was when a you, guilty person. Yeah. He was an innocent person. Yeah. Like, well, and I, I think... I think for like, I mean, I, yeah, I, I mean, I think my mom is just like, you know, she also works in the medical field and she has seen a lot of, you know, pushing big pharma and, you know, my on mom's, the ground. A, on the ground. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she's yeah. a lactation consultant. And, mm. you know, so she sees how these, you know, formulas are basically given to and hospitals for young free. mothers have gotten away from the traditional, regular, natural thing that we and the, and the And the healthy you know, very healthy, like, yeah. right, right. like the very important nutrients. And so I think like at such a kind of basic life level, my mom has seen a lot of, I mean, my mom has had to really push back at a lot of hospitals she's been at um, to really advocate for, because you're in such a vulnerable position. So anyway, so I think her mindset is just like very um, different, 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 not the norm. Right. Yeah. Like it's not like critical in a negative way, but I, I think she's very weary of any kind of like exaggerated big kind of statements too good to be true yeah and like also like she's very weary of anything that's fear-based like she really really questions anything that's fear-based because she's like i not not in the sense i mean she's like i mean if she gets if she starts talking about the pharmaceutical companies it's like then you should be fear-based yeah she's she's very like you know she might like my nephew had a lot of vaccines very young and she attributes a lot of his delayed development because of that but yeah like my mom is like no it is i mean like they like really did a lot when he was really really young and uh, he really struggled with with foil stop eating frozen vegetables whoa I gotta write this stuff down, Paul. I do, I do both of those things. <laughs> Hold on, wait a minute. Is that gonna mess me up? <laughs> yeah, but she's she's really like so, but she's really thoughtful at the same time. So I think she's able to kind of decipher between what's the you know just getting the attention and just wanting to grab you what's versus important. like yeah. what's actually happening. Yeah, well, um, you have to be a smarter. I think that we mean, have to be much smarter yeah, consumers. Yeah. We have to be I mean, much smarter consumers of information now. You know, a good example is because her mom, my grandmother, I actually found this letter from years ago, but my grandmother hosted, she was the editor in chief at UC Berkeley um, when she was in college. And like my grandpa was a physicist. And so very like, like my mom grew up in a household that was like very critical thinkers, like, yeah. you know, and, and, um, and so anyways, my grandmother at 17 was hosting a radio show. Um, I think out of UC Berkeley or something, but um, she was talking about the Japanese internment camps very vocally and against them. Um, in, Frisco, in Frisco, Japan town, in Frisco. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was really, you know, she was, I, when I was younger, she would bring me to the museums and really talk about this history in, the, in California. And um, was down at the Presidio back in the day. Yeah. 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 
And, and, uh, anyways, I found this letter or like my mom found it, but anyways, it was from a UCLA student who I think was half Japanese and half white and, and really thanking my grandmother for speaking out against it. And cause her brother was fighting in the war. And, um, and then was also, you know, I, and the letter said how my grandmother, you know, she, my, it was like my grandmother and like, I think four other guys. And in the letter, she says like, you know, you were kind of the only one to really say like how terrible this is. And so that's kind of, I think a good kind of context of who my mother is and what kind of environment she grew up in. Yeah. So I think, um, I think that's already her thinking is like, yeah. Yeah. She, she's obviously well suited for kind of critical analysis, which, you know, good for her. And I think what's unfortunate is that there are so many people and I count a lot of Trump supporters in that who are exploited by misinformation. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like misinformation abounds. And, you know, if you're not if you don't have those kind of astute skills of parsing out where is this information coming from and what what is their motivation? You know, people can be very easily manipulated. I think that's what why I get sad more than anything about like the polarization in this country is because it doesn't feel like a real ideological standstill. It's not like, Hey, some people think the country should be like this. And some people think it should be like that. And they disagree. It's a very intentional, very cynical, like misinformation campaign only to divide. Not, you know what I mean? Like, and that that's very dark because I think, you know, maybe when I was younger and I'm thinking like pre Bush years, but when I was becoming a political person, maybe like in the Clinton era or something, you know, I felt like there were real ideological conversations. You know, I think there were people who were conservative because that was their belief system and their value system. And, you know, there were people who li- who were liberal for the same reason. And th- you could have thoughtful conversations. And it's, you know, the discourse now seems to just be solely about polarization based on identity. And, you know, I hate to bring it up, but I, I really believe uh, and I'm not alone here, obviously. I'm not breaking this news, but God, social media is really, really divisive, man. Like, like, oh, out, totally. like, like being radicalized by an algorithm is such a dark concept and it like terrifies me and I don't know what to do about it, you know? Like, uh, and that's why, I mean, I, I was going to say, and maybe this will be my last question because we're, we're running out of time, but I think where we get news is so much more important than it ever has been because there's so many options and a lot of people really do rely on social media for news, which doesn't mm-hmm. mean you're being lied to necessarily. You can still get mm-hmm. good information from social media, but um, I'm curious, Amelia, to what extent do you get news from social media slash what is your primary source of news? Like where are you getting information that seems reliable to you in order to stay informed? Um, the two biggest ones that I really trust are my mother and there you go, there you go. <laughs> and um i follow the intercept okay yeah i think yeah. that's probably the most like the one that i feel i mean some of their stuff too i you know i mean it's people you know it's also people writing and they have their own imp- opinions and perspectives but mm-hmm. um i think i like i really like uh news outlets or journals that's like funded by by, by people I think yeah. I, I tend to trust that more just because I feel like, well, you're not, you don't really, the only people you owe is like me. Cause I, ha- yeah. I, I, pay. Yeah. It, it, it's like the same thing with a candidate who's running, you know, someone who does not take PAC money versus yeah. someone who does. I kind of think the same thing with news, news outlets, you know, That's like, true. like CNN, all those things, I don't listen to them. 
Shout out to Quest on Media, which is 100% funded by our readers, yeah. listeners, and viewers. <laughs> That's why when you get news here, it sounds like nothing you've heard before. Also because we go on crazy tangents. Yes. <laughs> We're different, baby. We're different. <laughs> yes. uh, all right, Paul, I'm going to give you that question. We're almost getting out of here, but I am curious. where Who do you trust? Where are you getting your information? Where do you get your news? Who's Who do you consider reliable? I'm curious. You know a lot. I don't know where you find out these things. I look at everything. I look at the internet. I look at the um, people that tell me to go to Instagram when I'm on. <laughs> you listen to your children, of course. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like it's the same ahead of the curve. Find out what's going to happen next thing. What do you mean by that? Find out what's coming out new. Find out what's what people are going to be talking about next. Find out what whatever Kim Kardashian is going to wear in the next season. Although, also, also know. important. <laughs> no, not important or relevant. <laughs> I just, all these things yeah. you need to know that they're important to some people, and not. Yeah. It's not about whether it's important to you. It's about if it's important to everybody else. Sometimes. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's definitely true for popular culture. I just, it's, uh, it's, I was curious to hear your answer, Paul, just because you are always a well-informed person. You're very often breaking news to me. Um, but again, I think you're someone who's like Amelia's mom, who's like, yeah, I can consume all kinds of media because, you know, you have the faculties to be like, oh, this is bullshit. I'm considering this source. I'm considering them. But you have to have a very intricate framework to understand the world in order to parse that out. Otherwise, you know, you just are completely overwhelmed. And that's probably why people just choose one worldview, because you know what I mean? Like, I only get my news from Newsmax on Facebook because at least that is sane and they have one consistent message. You know, it's very challenging to our identities to try and keep up with um, what's real, what's not real and who's messaging it to us. You know, which I'm really glad that this conversation ended up being basically a plug for Margin Call, for Geek Force, for Quest on Media. <laughs> that is our mission, you know, like that's the reason we're doing this is because it's so difficult to consume media in the 21st century. And they're just, in, in my opinion, don't seem to be that many outlets that are just funded by their listeners and whose only objective is like to find out what's actually going on and tell people. Because when print died, the smart person lost an outlet yeah i think that's true although i am because i'm old i still i you know i read i read the new york times in paper you know like like this yeah, you're one of the smart people they're not paying attention okay. to the public. <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's my role here <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, I want to thank both of you guys for being here. This was a great and very lively conversation. I love doing it on Zoom. I love doing it on, on Facebook Live. It feels very newsy. Again, here I am talking all this shit about Facebook, but like here we are on Facebook. So where does that leave me? It kind of reminds me of all the people like that I grew up with. It San leaves Francisco. you old. It leaves me old. There you go. Great. Although you don't have to be old to be skeptical of how Facebook radicalizes people because that's a real problem. But anyway, it just reminds me that there is a lot of uh, hypocrisy, even in my own life, that I want to criticize Facebook, but I rely on it as an outlet. Um, for our own media. Um, and it does remind me a little bit of a lot of the people I grew up with in San Francisco who are very sad about how that city has changed because of the tech industry. So I see a lot of like posts like on Twitter that'd be like, oh yeah, tech is ruining our city. Fuck tech. And I'm like, bro, you just wrote that on Twitter. You know what I mean? Like, what do you mean? Fuck tech. <laughs> like, what does that actually mean? Fuck tech. 
Um, so yeah, those are the kind of questions we're asking here, folks. Uh, big thanks to you, Paul, for being here. I'm glad that your children and the dog were able to show up in the frame. It's always a pleasure. Sorry, to- I had to dip that. I'm sorry, but no, 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 that's fine. You, you just like everybody you're dealing with a chaotic home life. You know what I mean? So I'm, it felt very authentic. Wait, 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 don't stop. Don't stop. Yeah. yeah. It felt very authentic to have the children and the dogs coming through the room. Um, and thanks as always to you, Amelia, for popping in and shout out to your mom who kind of became our fifth guest. If you really, you know, if you think about it, you should really member, invite her. I'm going to uh, be, would love to have your mom on the show. Yeah. I should definitely invite, you should definitely have my mom on. <laughs> yeah. Well we do, you know, I'd, I'd like to do a healthcare God, episode. Sure give me a reminder yeah. to be on my best behavior. Yes. Yes. We'll, <laughs> we'll do that. We'll put a sign up in the back. Be like, Paul, remember Amelia's mom is here. Amelia's mom is here. Be cool. Um, but yes, I'd love to do a healthcare episode. If we could have her on, that would be wonderful. I, oh I'm, yeah. I'm going to be in San Francisco for the, for Christmas. Nice. So. Nice. Yeah, I'm doing well, my I'm doing my testing here, and I'm gonna get tested there, and nice. I'm gonna get tested the whole time. But test, yeah. test, test. Good. I'm happy to hear that someone's going to San Francisco to see their family this year because I will not be able to. Yeah, I've been there. I've been there in a long time. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I feel yeah, like, aren't we? Isn't this, isn't this third wave like really so serious and bad that I should be thinking about things that way, or am I just now being? Am I the overcautious one? Irony of ironies. I'm the one who's and being too cautious. I'm away from home that you've been out of character for so long you don't even notice. Wow, that's the wake up call I needed, Paul. <laughs> maybe I maybe I will see you in San Francisco, Amelia. We'll have a big quest on party with hundreds of people indoors. <laughs> we still need to have our quest. We have a COVID excuse. <laughs> oh, I had no lunch. Yeah, yeah. We gotta COVID use is, it. COVID's we gotta, very real. We got a COVID excuse. Imagine we end on a note of like denying COVID. Yeah, right. Yeah. Trust us. <laughs> God, come out to our party. No mask, no masks needed. Come oh as you are. Gosh. Yes. Oh my god. And that's what we're putting. Dying. That's what we should. Yes. Good God. All right. All I wanted to say is I would love to have a healthcare episode and I would love to have your mom on. I'm not my mom is a nurse. She would be so down. I'm definitely not gonna have my mom on the show just for my own personal reasons. But stop being a hater, Blood. Stop being a hater. But she she's also a very smart woman and also What's her oh email? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> We're not opening that can of worms. <laughs> All right. Thank you to everybody who's been listening on uh Facebook Live. Thank you as always to our listeners, even if you're listening to it later. Uh thank you to Paul. Thank you to Amelia. Very, very special shout out to our favorite person, our producer who keeps us sounding good, keeps us on task, puts up with our craziness, produces something brilliant every week. Eming Piancai, shout out to you. Uh, Thanks again to our listeners. Until next time, Quest On, everybody. This episode of Quest On Media's Margin Call was produced in Richmond, California.